Hi, I'm Mark Woods, back with another Page One podcast, and today I have Andrew Pantazzi, and we're going to talk about that facial hair that's... Oh, wait, we'll save that for another day. Save that for another day. But, yes, that, that actually may be our next podcast. <laughs> um, but today we're going to talk about a story Andrew had about um, Palatka and what's been happening there. Um, so maybe you can explain, you know, start up by explaining the, the stem from the census data. Is that what triggered the story? Yeah, so I'd been waiting for uh, the U.S. Census Bureau puts out every year the American Community Survey. It's different than the normal census data um, because they use a sample and it comes out every year instead of every 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been waiting for it because I wanted to see Jacksonville and Duval County and how we were doing. Um, but when I got it, I also looked to see uh, how some particular counties were doing. Putnam was one of them because Putnam... Uh, has long been one of the poorest in the state. Um, it's also a county um, I remember growing up, going there every year for the Blue Crab Festival on Memorial Day weekend. Um, I have friends, uh, family friends there, and so I always try to, to keep in touch with what's going on there. We also were looking at St. John's, Clay, Nassau, the other northeast Florida counties, um, and what I saw in Putnam just um, stunned me. I compared the new data for 2018 to the data from the year before in 2017. And what we saw was uh, poverty cut in half in a single year, Um, child poverty cut by two thirds, Um, household income increased by a quarter, Um, and even income inequality um, fell. Uh, So all of those things were were stunning. Uh, It is a sample size, so my initial thought was, okay, this is some statistical error. Um, And so I sent it out to some economists and in the meantime, tried to gather other data that's even more reliable. Um, So I looked at labor statistics to see what the unemployment rate was. And sure enough, unemployment had fallen um, significantly and it's now um, in the about four and a half percent range, um, which is pretty strong, especially for a county that's um, known for being poor. Um, And then I looked at housing data. Um, And what we saw there was um, perhaps even more remarkable. In the middle of 2017, which is a time when it was called a dying city by the Florida League of Cities, the Washington Post did a big profile Mm -hmm. about um, locals who were trying to fight back against this dying designation um, and all the businesses that were leaving. In the middle of 2017, uh, the average house cost um, about 70 something thousand dollars. Just two years later, it had gone up to 115,000 or thereabouts. Hmm. So that's a remarkable rise in housing value in a short period of time. And when I talk to folks at Zillow, Zillow um, not only provides you with um, uh, homes that are for sale, they also employ a team of economists. Hmm. And one of the economists there said he'd not seen anything like this anywhere in the country, that this was a truly unique story um, in his mind. Um, And he also looked at some of the economic factors and I sent it to some professors. They all said the same thing, that um, while there might be some statistical fluctuation, it might be exaggerated because it's a sample size, that there's something happening in Putnam County. Um, Hmm. Something is going on there that's that's positive for a change. So, yeah, so you go down there, and uh, I I, I like your your lead to your story. Maybe either read it or tell tell it to me. I won't won't spoil it, but I, I really like the way you led the story. 
Breck Sloan clasped his hands and raised them as if in holy prayer. Rush hour traffic, he said with a smile, has come to Palatka. In his office at the Beck Nissan dealership, which acts as a sort of war room with property appraiser maps and architectural renderings covering the table, the seventh generation Floridian shared his version of the good news. Palatka is on the brink of an economic boom. All you have to do, he said, is believe. <laughs> so rush hour everywhere else in Florida. You know, we're complaining. There's more cars than there used to be, and here's, here's, here, excited about that, which uh, I love that lead. That was really, so, I like it. So, uh, Breck Sloan's dealership was the first place I went to. Um, uh, so, census data came out Thursday morning, um, uh, early morning, and then um, I uh, drove there first thing in the morning when I saw what was going on in Putnam County. Um, and I was driving through the city, and I saw a car dealership, and I thought, uh, about my own history, that when times have been rough for me and my wife, um, we often avoid getting our car serviced. Um, mm-hmm. We kept uh, cars going uh, long after their natural life. Um, and then when my wife graduated from nursing school and she, uh, we had some more money, one of the first things we did was get a new car um, and also service uh, my old car. <laughs> um, and so I figured if there really is a change in income here, uh, it's likely they're going to a dealership. So I stopped at this Nissan dealership, walked in, asked if the owner was available. They, uh, they told me to sit and wait and met this man, Breck Sloan, who it turns out is uh, one of the leaders of a group called One Putnam that's been hmm. um, gathering a lot of business leaders saying, let's pool our capital and try to bring investment to, to Placa. And, and, and for his part, he said that people are buying cars um, much more than they used to. Um, that he is seeing a lot of growth. Um, in fact, uh, his own employment, he, in 1990, he said the dealership had 17 employees. Today, across multiple dealerships, a car wash and auto repair shops, he has more than 360 hmm. um, employees, uh, which I thought that was just a, another good example that showed there is a, a change happening in the area. You, you touched on this in there, maybe what figures into the future ecotourism um bartram trail events and i think I've, we've talked about this how i've i've been going down there i don't know maybe once a month and i i bike on the bike path there that starts just just west of 95 um and runs into palatka and it's a beautiful path and it's become one of our favorite places to ride and we've we've said how that part of northeast florida is often overlooked for those kind of things is that what the one of the things they're thinking plays into hopefully where palatka goes in the future yeah so uh for people who grew up in jacksonville like me you might have a vision of the saint john's river um, that's very different from the vision they have in in putnam county Um, they sit on the prettiest uh, most beautiful part of the river Um, it's it's absolutely gorgeous there there's so many fish um there's uh, just such vibrant um, uh, uh, aquatic life going on at, um, uh, in that area of the river. Um, and they've really embraced that. They've embraced that for years, especially with bass fishing. Hmm. Um, it's some of the best bass fishing on the planet. Um, and they've really been pushing to get more fishing events there. Um, and oddly enough, five years ago, I wrote a story about a group of men who really believed ecotourism was the future for Putnam County. And I have to tell you, uh, when I wrote that story, I thought that they were a little bit crazy. Um, 
because I was looking at this this uh, very impoverished county, and I was like, I don't know if people are going to say the place I want to visit is is Putnam County, even mm-hmm. though I agree this is a really gorgeous place to be. But they focused on um, the Bartrams, um, who in the 1700s were commissioned um, by the King of England to come here and write a book um, about the St. John's River. Um, and so they came once, and then the sun came a second time. And so they marked um, all along the river different places where you could use a, a your phone to scan and see what was written hmm. by the Bartrams in their in their journals at this place in the river, and you could get a, a hmm. vision of this. And they thought that would really draw some people who like to kayak, who like to paddleboard, who like to boat on the river. And then the other thing they focused on was a, a festival that they started hosting, which mm-hmm. was. Um, uh, it's now called the Bartram Frolic, which brings both academics who've studied the Bartrams um, as well as um, a lot of uh, interactive stuff for youth and for adults. Um, they've also uh, worked with uh, one of the tribes to have like a history of indigenous peoples there. Hmm. Um, and that's really in keeping with something Plaque is focused on, which is festivals. Hmm. So they've got the Bluegrass Festival. They've got the Azalea Festival. And now they've got this Bartram Frolic. And uh, I was surprised when I got there that they had this hotel right on the river. Um, and the hotel parking lot um, was fairly filled, um, and that was a new hotel that had just been built. Hmm. Right next to the hotel, there was a kayak rental shop. Um, next to there was a craft beer bar, um, and all along there, they were really marketing toward outdoors people, and this is right along a bike trail. They're, they're big on the rails to trails, um, mm-hmm. getting people who uh, can bike there. Uh, one of the things that they joked about is that we're looking for um, the people in spandex from St. John's County mm-hmm. to start riding out here and mm-hmm. take a break from their ride and spend some money in our county. Um, and that's that's been a conscious effort. They just uh, they're installing bike racks right now, and they're even getting a bike rental um, uh, uh, operation that they're going to contract with the city, um, which is something even Jacksonville doesn't have. Hmm. Hmm. And there's the. We've talked about this. There's State Park. I'm trying to remember which one is right there, right near downtown. Is it the, is it Ravines? I always forget. There's one very close to um, downtown, which, so it does have all this natural history. Um, and what what time of the year is the, the Bartram Festival? I'm aware of that, but I've never been to it. Um, so the Bartram Festival just happened. Um, so it's this. Yeah, so it's this fall. time of year in the fall. Um, the uh, bluegrass, or I'm sorry, the the blue crab um, is uh, Memorial Day. I'm not sure when the Azalea Festival is, but okay. I, another thing that's interesting about Placa, when you think of Florida in a historical context, um, it used to be one of the uh, population hubs of the state, but they really pushed against a lot of development um, long ago. So first, you had Flagler building the rail lines a mm. century ago. Um, further east near the coast and so that drew people away Mm. and then you had the interstates being built and they really pushed against a lot of roads coming through their area or a lot of development Mm. which allowed them to keep this really historic florida perspective so the mayor of placa um, has tried to balance two things by presenting to people that we have some of the best southern history and we have some of the best african-american history and you should um see how we are honoring both of those things together um, and uh, he's won some awards for the work that he's done. He's also gotten a grant to uh, push forward um, uh, open community conversations about race. Um, the city of Placa is nearly evenly divided between black and white, 
yet the city council and the mayor are all African-American. And so they've really been trying to have open conversations. And this started with Charlottesville. When the Charlottesville Hmm. incident happened, they had a town hall, and they've been uh, doing that since. Right. That detail was one of the – I mean, there were a lot of kind of surprising things about your story, but that was one of the things as I was reading it that I just didn't picture Plaka being the place where they'd be having – Kind of these open conversations about race. Um. Yeah, so uh, I asked him if there was some um, uneasiness um, from some of the people who lived there, um, particularly the, the white people um, who might be who might feel uneasy talking so frankly about race. Um, and he said that at first there was, um, and there may continue to be some, but he felt like hearing someone in an empathetic way, which he felt they were able to do in a small town environment where they were able to hear people talk about pains and hurts that had never um, been healed um, and things that had continued really allowed um, a sense of empathy. And the way he put it was, we can't progress forward um, until we have looked backward, um, mm-hmm. that this is part of their vision for like how do we develop downtown? How do we also have um, uh, equitable development that's helping everyone in the community? Um, which again goes to I was surprised to see um, there's a there's an index called the Gini index that tracks income inequality. It looks at basically um, uh, where people are making money because you can have uh, income rise and poverty rise at the same time if all right. the income is concentrated up. Putnam County has seen their income inequality actually fall, which shows that the, this plan of trying to have equitable um, development seems to be working. Um, Caveat, again, being these are sample sizes, so we need more years of data before we can know exactly what's going on. But considering that was a focus for him, um, the the data seems to bear out that that it's working so far. And and right, yeah, I guess we should say this, you know, all this good, positive, upbeat thing, it's not like it's suddenly the issues of the past are gone. There's still poverty. There's still, you you mentioned the... um, the uh, the only soup kitchen. How it, it's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's busy as ever. Uh, maybe even busier than ever. But even that, the um, oper- one of the operators saw a positive in that, right? Yeah. So I talked to. Um, uh, well, first I talked to some people who volunteer in the soup kitchen and in a food pantry, and they said they hadn't really seen the change in mm-hmm. in Placa, and they worried all these new businesses that have started because there's so many that they didn't know if they were going to actually last. Like their concern was, okay, so we've opened up all these storefronts um, that are no longer empty, but are they going to just last three months and then close? Um, and then they said that the, uh, the soup kitchen, the food pantry are as busy as ever. Um, but then when I called the soup kitchen, the guy um, uh, who's been working there for a long time uh, was saying he thinks that's a positive. Uh, basically, they have more resources. More people are mm. donating. More people are working, which allows them to reach more people than they ever mm. have before. And it's not necessarily a negative um, that more people are coming to the soup kitchen right now. Hmm. Okay, I guess finally, kind of stepping back, the the big overall trend. Um, does this mean? I mean, I find it intriguing that forever and ever florida's you know been developed along its coastlines and that's just been the way and there is so much um so much beauty inland particularly in north florida i think more so that i mean I've, I've lived in south florida and i mean obviously it has the everglades inland but here we have the springs we have you know we have counties like um like putnam that are full of kind of natural resources and um 
what does it, yeah, what does this mean for you think for the future of a county of inland growth? Is that where Ford is headed? So there's been for years people have been wondering when will the St. John's boom, um, which St. John's County is one of the fastest growing counties in the country year after year after year. Um, when is that going to spill over to other counties? Because Putnam borders St. John's. Right. The river um, uh, has the river there, but Putnam is just to the uh, the west of St. John's. So when will that spill over? And, and um, I don't know yet if this is a spillover effect or if this is totally separate. Um, but a lot of people seem to think that that coastal growth all along from the Georgia border down, I mean, Nassau County, Duval County, St. John's, uh, Flagler, Volusia, all the way down to Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade, and Monroe, um, if that's going to ever start shifting inland. Um, hmm. And um, I, I think inevitably it's it's going to have to. And I think once people do, they're going to realize um, that there's a lot of land that's a lot cheaper there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that um, has driven St. John's growth, for example, has been its school district. A lot of people like that it's got a, 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 a well-funded, highly graded school district. Um, Putnam County does not, um, mm-hmm. though Putnam County has seen tremendous growth there as well. They went from a 50% graduation rate to above 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that's not comparable to a St. John's mm-hmm. um, school district. What you may see is people who their children graduate from high school. They're no longer in St. John's for the school district. And you know, you've got a house that's, you know, $500,000 and you could have a house that's even bigger for $200,000 right on the river with a big estate. Mm -hmm. That might be appealing to people as their children age out of school, um, even before they retire, because it's still going to be a similar commute um, if they're working in Jacksonville. Um, I think we might see some of that, but that's that's pure speculation. Um, I just uh, uh, imagine more and more people are going to start realizing the um, uh, the value of the land um, in Putnam County. Uh, it, it also Putnam County has, I think, I think this is a true statement, um, but uh, I may be wrong. That uh, they have more waterfront property than any other part of the state that's not along the coast. That that was where I was going to go. I wonder if, you know, we've had, you know, we just had this week the anniversary of Michael, and we've had just these images of pure devastation in recent years from hurricanes reminding us um, just how bad. And our people who, uh, you know, move down from up north or from, or ha- have a warm weather home, are they going to pick maybe, maybe I don't want to be on the ocean. But here's a beautiful spot inland. I could see that happening, um, maybe not instantaneously, but in 10 years, 20 years, that that's more and more the case. I I think there's also, on top of that, an interesting trend happening. So Palatka, um, uh, again, I remember visiting there as a child, and I remember going to the Palatka Mall, which was never um, uh, a fully packed um, experience, but uh, over the years it's become more vacant. Um, and originally what happened was they had a downtown and a lot of those shops like J.C. Penney left downtown and went to the mall, um, which was still in the city limits, but but further away from the river. Um, and you had to drive there and it was in a strip mall. Um, now that the mall is less the center of the city, more places are able to move to downtown and, and populate that, which creates that um, old uh, town atmosphere of you have a main street and on that main street, you've got 
restaurant, um, craft store, uh, 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 clothing store, um, kayak rental, um, uh, beer bar, um, wine bar, right there, um, all in a single strip. And I think, um, especially when we think of the Midwesterners or the, or the uh, people coming down from, say, New Hampshire or Vermont who are retiring here, where they are coming from, uh, places that have an old town feel, it mm-hmm. might be um, it might be nice to them to see that sort of downtown. Um, but as the couple I talked to um, who are skeptical have said, like the the proof is going to be as time goes on. Will those businesses stay open, mm-hmm. um, or will they just close um, uh, and fail? And and that was kind of the last thing I closed the story with was an example outside the city, but also in Putnam County. Um, I went to an ice cream diner. Um, and talked to the people there, and they were lifelong residents, um, natives of the of Palaka, um, and they had long run a hamburger restaurant in Green Cove Springs, and then someone who ran this diner died, and they thought about taking it over, and they had a lot of concerns, and, and they said, frankly, this is Putnam County, mm-hmm. and we don't know if you can really run a restaurant in Putnam County or not. Um, since opening it, uh, they said they've been shocked by the loyalty of customers that people are coming back day after day and they've been doing really well um and so they have a few employees and uh the last moment of the story was someone called in asking if they had a job opening for a uh, another wait staff and um and they said uh, no and then stopped and said well why don't we take your information um just in case things keep getting busier yeah you yeah, know i liked that anecdote ending it kind of kind of um it hammered home the kind of the thread that was there's this this hope, but kind of still uncertainty, um, but this sense that things are, are positive and things are moving in the right direction, but you don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very interesting story and um, well done. And I enjoyed reading it. And check it out on jacksonville.com and in, in, in the paper. And next time we'll talk about Andrew's facial hair. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thank you.